Chapter two, part two of Commentary in the Gospel of John, book eleven, by Cyril of Alexandria, translated by Reverend Thomas Randall. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Twenty five. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs. The hour cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but shall tell you plainly of the Father. By Proverbs he means language that is indistinct and does not bear its meaning on the surface, but is in some sort veiled by obscurities so subtle that he says his hearers could not very readily comprehend it, for this was the fashion of what was said in Proverbs. What I have told you then, he says, I have told you as it were in Proverbs and riddles, reserving for the fitting season which is not yet come, though it is drawing nigh the revelation of these things beyond possibility of doubt for the hour will indeed come he says that is the proper time in which i shall in plain language expound to you the things that concern the father's glory and implant in you a knowledge that surpasses human understanding what that time would be he did not tell them very clearly we must surmise that he either meant that time when we were enriched with the knowledge that comes to us through the spirit whom christ himself brought down to us after his resurrection from the dead or it may be the time to come after the end of the world in which we shall behold unveiled and open to our gaze the glory of god who will himself impart to us knowledge concerning himself in perfect clearness therefore also paul says that prophecies shall be done away and knowledge shall cease having no other meaning in his mind than that which we have accepted for this passage for we see in a mirror and we know in part as we just now said but when that which is perfect is come that which is in part shall be done away how or in what manner this shall come to pass i will go on to explain if you are willing to listen for just as in the darkness of the night the bright beauty of the stars shines forth each casting abroad its own ray of light but when the sun arises with his radiant beams then that light which is but in part is done away and the lustre of the stars waxes feeble and ineffective in like manner i think also the knowledge that we now have will cease and that which is in part will vanish away at that moment of time when the perfect light has come upon us and sheds forth its radiancy filling us with perfect knowledge of god then when we are enabled to approach god in confidence christ will tell us the things which concern his father for now by shadows and illustrations and various images and types deduced from different phases of human life we feebly trace our steps to a vague uncertain knowledge through the inherent weakness of our minds then however we shall stand in no need of any type or riddle or parable but shall behold after a fashion face to face and with unshackled mind the fair vision of the divine nature of god the father having seen the glory of him who proceeded from him for we shall see him even as he is according to the saying of john for now we know him in the perfection of the glory that belongs to his divine nature because of our humanity 
but when the season of his incarnation is past and the mystery of our redemption completely wrought out henceforth he will be seen in his own glory and in the glory of god the father for being god by nature and thereby consubstantial with his father he will surely enjoy equal honours with him and will shine henceforth in the glory of his godhead twenty six twenty seven in that day ye shall ask in my name and i say not unto you that i will pray the father for you for the father himself loveth you because ye have loved me and have believed that i came forth from the father he suffers them not to ask for anything at all by prayer and supplication except only in his name he promises however that his father will very readily grant their request not indeed as induced thereto by the intercessions of the son in his capacity as our mediator and advocate but prompted by his own will to be liberal in his dealing towards them and making haste to shower upon those who love christ the exceeding riches of his goodness as though he were but paying them their due and no man in his senses can think nor can any one be so ignorant as to affirm that the disciples or any others of the saints stand in no need of the mediation of the son in working out their own salvation for all things proceed through him from the father in the spirit since he is the advocate as john saith not for our sins only but also for the whole world and in saying this he shows us too to our prophet that very acceptable to god the father is the honour and love which we have towards his offspring not understanding this the miserable people of the jews did not shrink from assailing him with intolerable blasphemies and sought to kill him according to the scripture because of the conversion of the mind of his believers from the obscure commandment of the law to the clearness of the life according to the gospel for these wretched men said in their ignorance or rather in their desire to sharpen their blasphemous tongues against him if this man were from god he would not have broken the sabbath day he says then that god the father will very readily vouchsafe his favour to those who have undoubting faith and are well assured that he came out from god the father for the father will as it were he says hail in advance and anticipate the request of the mediator and overwhelm with spiritual blessings the mind of those who have a right understanding concerning me and not according to the imaginations of those who are too much enamoured of the letter of the law and by the words i came out from god we must surmise that he means either i was begotten from and manifested myself out of his substance the words being taken with reference to what goes before as to his existing in a sense independently of his father but not altogether separately from him for the father is in the son and the son again by nature in the father or we must take the words i came out from as meaning i became even as you are that is a man endued with your form and nature for the peculiar nature of any being may be conceived of as the place from which it proceeds 
when it is transformed into anything else and becomes what it was not before we are indeed far from asserting that when he took the form of man even as ourselves being at the same time truly the only begotten he divested himself of his godhead for he is the same yesterday and to-day yea and for ever but when he took upon himself a nature that was not his own while at the same time he retained his peculiar attributes he may be conceived of as having come forth from god in a sense appropriate to this passage you may take if you choose the words i came forth from the father in yet another sense as follows the pharisees only apt in error as i have already said thought that christ came before the world like one of the false prophets with no mission from god but of his own motion inasmuch as they were accustomed to point out to those that went to him that christ's teaching conflicted with the law and for this reason they considered him guilty of disobedience declaring that the keeping of the law is most acceptable to god the father but it was broken by his teaching they therefore rejected christ as an enemy of god and as having chosen to oppose the dispensation given to them from him through moses and argued that he was for this reason an alien from god but not so the blessed disciples for they loved him and had their minds exalted above the madness of the jews and they had a genuine faith that he came out from god as we have just been told for this cause then were they beloved of the father and were requited as it were by receiving equal favour from him and if they who believe that the son came out from god are very dear and acceptable to god the father surely they who are diseased with a contrary opinion are accursed and abominable in god's sight and if god is very ready to hearken to those who love the son clearly he will not accept the prayers of his enemies and this is what is said by the mouth of isaiah to them and when ye spread forth your hands to me i will hide mine eyes from you yea when ye make many prayers i will not hear your hands are full of blood twenty eight i came out from the father and am come into the world again i leave the world and go unto the father herein then in the fact that our lord went back to the father and returned with power to the place from which he knew that he had gone forth is proof clear and incontrovertible that he was not one of the false prophets and that he did not come to utter to us the promptings of man's private judgment or to teach us doctrines contrary to the father's will as the demented jews ignorantly imagined granting then so a man might speak wishing to combat the perverse opinions of the jews that he was not the true christ as you say o jews and that without the approval of god the father he introduced the teaching of the life according to the gospel showing that the commandment of the law was now barren and so profitless for the attainment of perfection in piety for you accuse him as a sabbath-breaker and when he did any wonderful works among you you impiously said that he used to do them by beelzebub the prince of the devils 
how then was it that he ascended into heaven itself how was it that the father gave a share of his throne and the angels threw open wide the gates of heaven to him who combated his decrees as you say and propounded doctrines contrary to the will of the sovereign of the universe was his ascension unobserved of a truth great was the crowd of witnesses to whom the divine and heavenly messengers spake the words ye men of galilee why stand ye looking into heaven this jesus which was received up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye beheld him going into heaven what hast thou o jews to say in reply wilt thou not honour with obedience even the voice of an angel wilt thou not accept the testimony of the witnesses though those who gazed upon the scene were many in number and yet the law says clearly in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established how then any longer can the reproach of being a false prophet be brought with any justice against him who of his own power returns to the father in heaven and will it not rather follow by the convincing logic of facts that we should entertain the firm conviction that he came from god that is from the father and is in fact no other than he whom the law and the prophets foretold unto us and when he says that he came into this world and again left the world and went to the father he does not mean that he either abandoned the father when he became man nor that he abandoned the race of man when in his flesh he went to the father for he is truly god and with his ineffable power filleth all things and is not far from anything that exists twenty nine thirty his disciples say unto him lo now speakest thou plainly and speakest no proverb now know we that thou knowest all things and needest not that any man should ask thee by this we believe that thou camest forth from god they marvel at the convincing nature of the proof he gives them and are amazed at the clearness of his language for without any concealment he made his speech to them right openly they rejoice therefore at receiving a proof rid of all difficulty and declare that his words have in them nothing hard to understand but that his language here is so easily intelligible that it does not seem in the smallest degree to partake of the nature of a parable and they get also this additional benefit since thou knowest they say what is whispered in secret and has now given us this information in the words thou hast just spoken anticipating thereby the questions we might have asked in our desire to elicit it we are persuaded that thou art indeed come from god for to know they say what is secret and hidden can belong to the god of all and to none other and since thou knowest all things of thyself is it not beyond question that thou hast emanated from god that knoweth all things so this truly divine and marvellous sign also availed to nurture in the disciples with the rest undoubting faith so that we can see in them the truth of the saying give instruction to a wise man and he will be yet wiser 
teach a just man and he will increase in learning and they say now are we sure not meaning thereby that they then let into their minds the first beginning of faith when they heard these words and recognized the sign i mean the omniscience of christ but rather that they began to establish firmly in their hearts the faith that had at first gained admittance there and to attain a state of unalterable conviction that he was god and sprang from the true and living god we shall accept then the expression now are we sure as referring not to the first beginning of faith but to the occasion of its first being firmly settled in that apprehension of christ's nature now honoured with approval thirty one thirty two jesus answered them do ye now believe behold the hour cometh yea is now come that ye shall be scattered every man to his own and shall leave me alone and yet i am not alone because the father is with me the saviour however very gently tells them that the time when they should be confirmed in all goodness was not yet but that this would come to pass on the occasion of the descent of the holy ghost unto them from heaven and power from on high according to the scripture for then declaring that their human faint-heartedness was perfected in strength they were preeminent for their invincible hardihood not fearing the risings of the jews against them nor the unbridled wrath of the pharisees nor any other peril but showing themselves the champions of the divine message and openly declaring we must obey god rather than men for we cannot but speak the things which we saw and heard well then he points out that they are not yet confirmed in perfect faith through their not having partaken of communion with the spirit setting before them as a proof the cowardice that they would presently display at the same time by foretelling that this would shortly come to pass he manifestly confers on them no small benefit for they would be grounded more firmly in faith that he was by nature god when they had fully grasped the belief that the future was in no way hid from him behold then he says the time will shortly come nay is now at hand when ye will leave me alone and depart to your own herein he says indirectly only by implication that overcome by unmanly cowardice they would take thought only for their own lives and preferring their own safety to the affection they owed to their master would flee to the nearest place of refuge how then are ye now sure when you have not yet quit yourselves of the reproach of imputations on your courage because as yet you have no participation in the courage which is given by the spirit and that the blessed disciples betook themselves to flight and were terrified at the onslaught of the jews when the traitor appeared bringing with him the impious band of soldiers and the servants of the leaders is beyond question then did they leave christ alone that is with reference to the absence of all those who were wont to follow and attend upon him for he was not alone insomuch as he was god and of god and in god by nature and indivisibly 
Christ indeed says this, speaking rather as man and for our sakes, with intent to teach us that when we are assailed by temptation, persecution, and such like, and are called to encounter some peril that may bring us glory, I mean in God's service, we are not therefore to be faint-hearted about our ability to escape, because none of our brethren of kindred soul to us are running the race side by side with us, cheering us so far as in them lies, and all but sharing by their sympathy the danger which is imminent. For even if all these betake themselves to flight, gaining in their own persons an advantage over us by their cowardice which is grievous and hard to bear, we ought to bear in mind that God's arm will not be shortened on that account. For he will alone avail to save him that is faithful unto him, for we are not alone, and though we see no friend beside us, as I have just said, we have God, who is all-powerful with us at our side, to aid and fight in the conflict, shielding us with all-sufficient succor, as the psalmist says. With favor hast thou encompassed us as with a shield. We make these observations on this passage not as considering love of life something honorable and worthy admiration, on occasions when we can bring our life and the body to a glorious end, fighting in the ranks with those who risk their lives for God's sake, but that we may rather be persuaded of this, that even though there be none willing and zealous to share the conflict with us, we ought not to be faint at heart, for we shall not be alone, for God is with us. 33. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye may have peace. In the world ye have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Christ herein, so to say, well sums up to our prophet his discourse to them. And, compressing into a few words the meaning of what he has said, sets before them in brief the knowledge of his will. For I have now, he says, spoken these words unto you, exhorting you to have peace in me, and that ye may also know clearly that ye will meet with trouble in the world, and will be involved in many tribulations for my sake. But you will not be vanquished by the perils that encompass you, for I have overcome the world. But that I may make what I have said as clear as possible unto you, Come let me first explain what having peace in Christ means. For the world, or those who are enamored of the things in the world, are continually at peace among themselves, but in no wise have they peace in Christ. As, for example, the dissolute seekers of the pleasures of sense are therefore most dear and acceptable to those of similar pursuits, and the man who covets riches that do not belong to him, and is for this reason grasping or thievish, will be altogether to the taste of those who practice a kindred vice. For every creature loves his kind, according to the saying, and man will be attracted to his like. But in all connections of this sort the holy name of peace is put to base uses, and the proverb is true, but it is not with the saints as it is with the wicked. For sin is not the bond of peace, but faith, hope, love, and the power of piety towards God. 
and this is in christ the chiefest then of all good gifts towards us is clearly peace in christ which brings in its train brotherly love as near akin to itself paul says that love is the perfect fulfilling of the divine law and that to those who love one another will surely come the love of god himself above all things else is beyond question as john says that if a man love his brother he will as a consequence love god himself he points out also another truth i mean in the words in the world ye have tribulation but be of good cheer i have overcome the world any one choosing to construe these words in a simple sense might reason thus christ appeared superior to and stronger than every sin and worldly hindrance and since he has conquered he will also bestow the power to conquer upon such as attempt the struggle for his sake and if any man seek to find a more recondite meaning for the words he might reflect in this wise just as we have hereby overcome corruption and death since as man for us and for our sakes christ became alive again making his own resurrection the beginning of the conquest over death the power of his resurrection will surely extend even unto us since he that overcame death was one of us insomuch as he was incarnate man and as we overcome sin and as we overcome death that wholly died in christ first christ that is being the purveyor to us of the blessing as his own kindred so also we ought to be of good cheer because we shall overcome the world for christ as man overcame it for our sakes being herein the beginning and the gate and the way for the race of man for they who once were fallen and vanquished have now overcome and are conquerors through him who conquered as one of ourselves and for our sakes for if he conquered as god then it profiteth us nothing but if as man we are herein conquerors for he is to us the second adam come from heaven according to the scripture just as then we have borne the image of the earthy according to its likeness falling under the yoke of sin so likewise also shall we bear the image of the heavenly that is christ overcoming the power of sin and triumphing over all the tribulation of the world for christ has overcome the world End of chapter two